Blog Talk Radio.
Welcome, everybody. <clears throat> this is our Monday night episode of Prayer International Radio, coming live from somewhere, Dallas, Texas. Um, we're just coming off the Easter holiday, um, so we may get into some of that tonight. Um, so for all of you who are listening, if you need prayer at any point um, for anything, please feel free to email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com, or you can always call into the show, which is 619-638-8458, and we also have a chat room open at blogtalkradio.com forward slash prayerinternational. Father, we humbly come before you tonight, Lord, knowing that your eyes, Father, see the scope of the entire world from one corner to the other we know your grace is sufficient for the work at hand Lord we know that you are victorious through your blood Jesus your name being exalted above every name Father we know that you have dominion and all authority and all power Father we humbly come before you asking that you would open our hearts to hear what your spirit is speaking to us, that you'd open our eyes so we could see your hand move in our midst. Father, that you would lose our tongues to boldly proclaim your word through the nations. Lord, that you would expand the borders of our hearts that we can receive from you. Father, that you would take out the stony heart, Lord, and give us new hearts, Father, that desire to serve you. Give us new hearts that desire to be in your presence, Lord. Give us hearts that hunger and thirst after righteousness. Give us hearts that hunger and thirst after your ways, Father, and not the ways of man. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would reveal Jesus to us, Lord, through the word, through worship, Father, through your presence, Lord. Father, that you would fill every believer who's listening tonight with joy and peace. Your word declares that in your presence there is fullness of joy. Because there is peace in the presence of the Lord. how should we come to you? Father, we couldn't dare come to you as Pharisees or scribes or religious anything, claiming that we have everything together, claiming that we're above reproach, Father, but we all, as your scripture has says, Father, we are, we have all missed the mark. Your word says that all men have sinned and fallen short the glory of God. But it also says that we have a Redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ, who died for our sins, rose from the dead, and is seated at your right hand, where your word declares he lives to make intercession for us, declaring us holy and righteous, God in your presence. Declaring 
that we have been given authority and power, declaring that your kingdom is at hand in the earth around us, Lord. Open our hearts, open our eyes to the ways of your kingdom, Father. Take our eyes off of the things of this world, Lord, and place our eyes upon you, Jesus. Place our eyes upon you, Lord. Father, that you would give us a spirit of intercession. Lord, give us a spirit of longing, a spirit of determination, Father, to seek your face. Lord, that when you call, we may answer, even if the only thing you're calling for us is to be in your presence, Lord, that we would not turn away from the amazing honor we have to come before you, Lord. Declare that you are holy, to declare that you are righteous, to declare that you are good and that you are just. Father, that your hand to every city, everything, every city, every kingdom. Father, every nation, every town, every providence, Lord. Father, that your hand would go forth and reap a harvest, Lord, of souls who are longing to know you, Father. That you would raise up harvest these filled, Lord. Father, in season and out of season, Father, that you would make us ready to preach the gospel, to give an account to all who ask about the mystery of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, so that when the world asks why we have hope, we can freely and boldly declare that our hope rests not in the strength of men, not in our own strength or our own abilities. But our hope resides with you, Jesus, finisher of our faith. For the joy that was set before you endured the cross, that you may bring us together, that you would bring together all the sheep of your folds, Lord, into one body, Lord, the bride of Christ, Father, declaring that we are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. Father, that you would reveal our identity as children of the Most High. Father, that we could begin to see ourselves through the eyes of your word, Lord. Father, that the light of your word would be revealed to us, Holy Spirit. That you would take this word that is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, pierce our own hearts. And that would draw us, Lord, into your presence, Father, that we can come face to face with you. That we can have a revelation, God, of who you are that we can have a relation of your power and your might, of your strength and dominion. Father, that not one of us, Lord, that we would know the love of God. We would know the love 
that you have for us. Father, teach us to walk in your way. Teach us to obey your voice, to hear your voice, Jesus. Take your eyes off the glory and the praise, Lord, that we don't deserve. Father, that we could live our lives, Lord, as your word declares, presenting ourselves as living sacrifices to you. And your will is for us to perform your word. It's your will for us to know you. It's your will to fellowship with us. And then when the morning came, he said that he would not let go unless you blessed him. And Father, we boldly ask, not that you would bless us, because you already have. We don't ask for anything but the knowledge of you, that we may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has already laid hold of us. Jacob really longed to be All I really wanted was a friend I'm the way, the life, the truth Tell me, Jacob, when will the line end? Does the striving make you strong? Cause when I came to love on you You fought me to
Jacob had the drive to build a nation But you're striving Cause my dream's not what you do But Jacob, will you dream for me Where did I have dreamed for you Finally, Jacob, lying down And while it's International Radio, our call-in number 619-638-8458, or you can email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. So, um, this last week, Easter Sunday, um, I know most people, at least in America, um, were in church, um, which, um, yes, we all know it's... Uh, Disappointing um, find their way into church on holidays, but you know it's interesting. Um, the Lord spoke something to me about that, and you know it's easy to look at people who only go to church on holidays and wonder why what they're doing the rest of the year. But, you know, sometimes it's a matter of perspective, and um, that. You know, um, 
in my church. Um, we usually average somewhere between 60 and 70 people. And then, you know, this uh, last Sunday we had like 150, 200 people that showed up. Uh, it's not a big church, and so there was barely even enough room for chairs, and people are standing in the aisles and standing in the back crowding in to hear the Easter message. And But, you know, at the end of it, um, the pastor um, gave an altar call, and people got saved. And so the way you have to actually look at it is not what are people doing the rest of the year on before a holiday, but thanking the Lord that through His grace, that through His mercy, His Spirit led those people into a building, into a church they normally don't go to, or if at all. And the fact that they were in there. Because you see, the Lord has to work in people's hearts. The Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance, not just the preaching of the Word. Even though it brings life, the Holy Spirit begins the work in your heart. And some people, it happens instantaneously when they're ready, and then other people... Um, their hearts have to be cultivated like a garden. You know, um, it's like the fruits of the Spirit. You know, we all know about the gifts of the Spirit. Um, prophecy and speaking in tongues and laying on of hands and all the, the glamour gifts, I could put it that way. The ones that everybody's like, well, I really want that. And I'd really love to be able to do that. And even Paul said, I would prefer you prophesy. Um, but he said, above all things, that you have love. And we don't always stop to think about what it is that we really want. Because we, we see the gifts, and we see the ministries, and we see the people who are out there in the limelight. And you, we always think, okay, well, that's awesome. We can have a ministry like that. We'll be international and go all over the world, and we'll preach to millions of people, and then millions and millions of people will get saved. And, you know, there are ministries and there's, there are people out there who have, who have and have had ministries like that. But it's not ever about the person. It's always about the Lord Jesus Christ. It's about his blood. And it's about the redemption that we have through his blood. And that Jesus said, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But it's not always a couple thousand at a time. Sometimes it's one. Sometimes it's just the one who gets saved, and it's just that one person who matters. Um, and so you have to realize that in any place, in all times, regardless of what's going on, that there's always an opportunity for the Lord to use you. And it could be the one person that you don't expect, the one person that you don't realize Um because, you know, the times the Lord will put you in places, and you may have no idea why he's putting you there. Um, you may think that you're going one location, but the whole purpose isn't necessarily the location. Sometimes it's the journey that the Lord takes you to get there, and the lives and the people that you touch in the process. You know, there's a story um, in the book of Acts and I'm actually trying to turn there right now. Um, but while I do, um, 
you know, I heard that Billy Graham, who is one of the um, most famous preachers out there that um, many people know, you know, Billy Graham was saved along the beach. Some guy led him to the Lord, and he got saved. And as a result of him getting saved, he had a ministry, has a ministry, and, you know, he's had uh, TV shows, and he's had mass crusades all over the world. And, you know, hundreds of thousands of people who are ready to receive the Lord have gotten saved through Billy Graham. But it wasn't just through Billy Graham. It was through the one person who led Billy Graham to the Lord. It was the people who were on their knees interceding on behalf of every single one of those people. Because in every one of our lives, there's always been someone interceding for you. There's always been someone praying and believing for your salvation, whether you actually um, have ever met them or not. I know when I was a young child, I had people who had been praying and interceding for me, and I had no idea until I was much, much older. Because the Lord does a lot of things in the background that we can't see. Um, you know, back to the... Um, the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit for a second. You know, the Bible talks about the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, righteousness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And, you know, these are the things that we should be seeking to be Christ-like. We call ourselves Christians, but being a Christian doesn't just mean that we are... Um, people who claim to know Jesus being a Christian also means that we have the character and the nature of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible talks about being buried with him in baptism and being raised again to the newness of life. Paul said to cast the old man aside to walk in the newness of life. The Bible declares that if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And the more time you spend with him, the more time you spend in his word, the more you gradually see that your nature changes. And you don't have to strive too hard because his spirit does everything for you. You know, um, there's a story. I was um, in Oklahoma. I think it was Oklahoma City um, for a conference. And um, way back when, there was this group called Fire by Night, and they were running our youth camp in Oklahoma City. And, you know, the pastor uh, from Fire by Night got up, and he was telling us a story. And, you know, most people would hear the story, and immediately they start to um, question it until they get to the end of it. But what it is is the pastor, um, I believe, and I could be wrong, his name was Blaine Bartell, and that this woman came to his office at the church and she had been a, a stripper and, or she was at the time. And she said, do I have to give up dancing to get saved and go to heaven? And you know, the religious people of our times would immediately say, well, yeah, you have to give up all your sin. You can't sin one time. You sin one time. That's it. If you're going to be a Christian, if you're going to claim that you love the Lord and you're going to follow him, then, you know, every bit of sin you have, wipe it away because you can't be part of our group. 
unless you're perfect. Even though we know the scripture says that it was for the unrighteous that Jesus died. And if you notice in the ministry of Jesus, many of the people that he touched, that he healed, most of them weren't perfect. The ones who were who thought they were perfect never came to Jesus. It was always those who knew they needed a Savior who came to him. And so, you know, Blaine Bartell told this woman, no, you don't have to give up dancing. Just trust the Lord for your salvation. Believe in the Lord and you shall be saved. So this young woman gave her life and her heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, and she trusted that Jesus would save her. And so she leaves, time goes by, and she came back to his office a couple months later, and she was really mad and furious. And he didn't understand why, and he's like, well, what's going on? And she's like, well, you lied to me. And he's like, well, what do you mean I lied to you? She said, well, you said I didn't have to give up dancing to be a Christian. And he's like, well, you don't have to give up dancing to be a Christian. And she looked at him and she said, yeah, but Jesus took away my desire and my want to do it. She trusted her heart with the Lord. And all those desires for the world, all those desires for her past life just melted away in his presence, melted away. And she didn't have to try. She just had to believe and trust him. You know, Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. But, you know, he also said, I am the way, truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You know, Jesus is offering us life, eternal life, through his blood. And also offering us himself, offering us friendship, offering us fellowship, offering us a place at his table, offering a place in his kingdom. You know, in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, who had at that point never known sin, all they did was spend time in the garden, in the presence of the Lord. That was it. It was their, it was their job or the will of God for their life at the moment was to have life and have it more abundantly until sin came in and destroyed all that. And then they turned away from God. You'll notice that immediately after they had sinned, it wasn't that they came rushing to God and was like, oh God, we did horrible things. They hid from him and hid our faces from him, as the scripture declares. But his mercy came before his judgment, and he came looking for them, because his love comes before everything. And though he's a just God, and there is a judgment, there's also a God who is loving and merciful, not willing that any should perish so that all should come to repentance. And it's hard for us at times to understand those characteristics of God, how he can forgive people for everything they've done. But you know, someone who we can say, okay, well, this person, they drank too much, and so God can easily forgive them, and 
you know, this person, maybe they cheated on their spouse, and, you know, they can repent, and God can forgive them. But, you know, there's no different than a murderer who's on death row, who has a week before they go into, like, an electric chair or whatever. It makes no difference. Because it goes back to all of sin and falling short the glory of God. It doesn't matter the action. doesn't matter what you've done. All that matters is who's your Savior. Because in the end, we'll all stand before God, which when, when we must give account of our actions. And the enemy, the devil, will be accusing us. You did this. You did this. You did this. You don't deserve to be in the presence of God. You did this. And we, ourselves, out of ourselves, will have zero response to his accusations except Jesus, our advocate, standing with us, declaring us righteous before God. Jesus, who wiped away the handwriting of, the handwriting of requirements of the law, says he is forever perfected those who are being sanctified the Bible says we behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord the glory of the Lord being the Lord Jesus and we're being changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the spirit of the Lord you know the spirit of the Lord comes into your life and he reveals Jesus to you and not only that, he begins to cultivate the will and the purpose and the plans and the thoughts and the intent of the heart of God into your heart. He starts sowing peace, righteousness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And he begins cultivating and watering and feeding this character and this new nature that you have. And the Word of God waters the seed that's planted in your heart. And His Spirit grows it until you just begin to have the nature of the Lord. And so what we should adopt, well, yeah, sorry, can't speak. What should we should desire above anything? is to know him, transform us into his image, that he would transform us and have his way in our hearts. You know, we were talking about um, the one person. You know, um, going back to the book of Acts, um, Acts chapter 8, verse 26. You know, we hear about prophecies, and the Bible says that in the book of Joel that he poured out his spirit upon all flesh, or he was going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh, your sons and your daughters are prophesied. And, you know, there's some that don't believe they're still prophets in these end times. Um, I personally do. and But then there's also some that believe, well, you know, this person over here is a prophet, and they hear the voice of God. And then this person over here, well, they're a prophet, so they hear the voice of God. And while it's true they hear the voice of God, what's also true is that anybody can hear the voice of God. But like a garden, 
your ability to hear the voice of the Lord is depending, dependent on the de- dedication that you put in to cultivating and growing the garden of your relationship with the Lord. You know, you'll notice that Jesus spent so much time in the presence of his Father on hours upon hours on his knees in a solitary place away from even his friends away from his disciples and those even those he trusted and he always went away to hear the voice of his father you'll notice that in the old testament the prophets would spend great deals of time just listening to the voice of the lord sometimes wandering in the desert just to hear his voice, John the Baptist, was just out there wandering, seeking the voice of God. You know, once you start developing the ability to discern his voice, and when I say discern his voice, what I mean is being able to distinguish his voice from the voice of the world, distinguish his voice from your own thoughts. And you do that through knowing the Word of God, knowing his character, knowing his nature, knowing what the Word of God declares. Because every prophecy will always point to Jesus. Any prophecy that doesn't point to Jesus, I would question. But the more you spend time with him, the more you spend time in his word, the more you begin to develop that ability to hear his voice. And the reason that's important is, number one, you know, Jesus said, my sheep will hear my voice, and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. And you can say, well, how do I know I'm a sheep? Well, if you've given your life to him, and you've given your heart to him, then you are. But your ability to hear him is also to depend on how much time you've spent with him that you can recognize his voice. If you spend every waking moment watching TV, then it's going to be hard to distinguish which voice is which. But, you know, that's a matter. And the time you spend with him and all of that other stuff, and what you fill your heart and what you fill your mind with and the images that you put in front of your eyes, you know, that's all something between you and the Lord. And but the more you hear the voice of the God of the voice of the Lord, the more you can recognize those slight little nudgings, those slight little leadings where he says, Go here and do this or walk this way. You know, in um the book of Acts, um, it says that in verse chapter eight, verse twenty six, it says that an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road, which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. And, you know, that's all the Lord said. You know, the Lord didn't say, okay, well, you're going to go do this, and then you're going to take a left here, and then you're going to meet, you're going to see these three people walking by, and then, you know, finally there's going to be this guy on this vehicle wearing these clothes doing exactly this. No, the Lord just says, get up and go here. And so out of faith, says those without faith cannot please God. Um, and those, and I just want to point out, those without faith 
miss the opportunity to see the hand of God move many times. But it says, so the Lord said to Philip, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. And then it says, So he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority, who had charge of all her treasury, and had come to Jerusalem to worship. So in Ethiopia, the queen's name was Candace at the time, and this man was like her treasurer. So he had the ear of the queen, because as you know, the Bible declares where a man's money is is where his heart's at. You can tell by how a man gives and what he gives himself to, what he gives his finances and everything to, where his heart's at. And you would never trust someone who, with the things that are closest to your heart, unless you trust them. And so he had the he had the ear of the queen. And it says um, he had come to Jerusalem to worship um, in Ethiopia. He knows the Lord. But we don't know much about his life. We don't know how long it took for the Lord to work in his heart to reveal himself to him. We don't know if he was perfect or what his sins were. We don't know anything about his life. Except for here's a person coming to the Lord. Here's a person who's coming just to worship the Lord. We don't know his theology, which we find out he knew almost nothing. He had a hunger for the Lord, and the Lord drew him to Jerusalem. And it says he'd come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, and sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. And then the Spirit said to Philip, go near in this chariot. And we can go into even deeper and we could ask, why was he reading Isaiah? Except for the Lord wanted him to be reading Isaiah. To reveal himself through his word. And so Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. And he said, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? You know, many times we can go through the scripture and we may not know exactly what it's saying. We may not know exactly what the meaning is. But the Holy Spirit will give us revelation if you ask him. And he'll make the scriptures alive to you. And so Philip, he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. And then the place in the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And we know this is talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. So we have this eunuch who, the Lord, who we can just assume the Lord drew to Jerusalem to worship, who had a heart to know God but had never known a Savior. And he just happens, by chance, by the Spirit of God, to be reading the book of Isaiah, and not just reading the book of Isaiah, reading a passage referring to the Savior, Jesus Christ. And so the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask of you, of whom did this prophet say this, of himself, other man? 
And then Philip opened his mouth and began, and beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. And now as they went down the road, they came to see to some water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? And Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Now when they came out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away, so that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to to Caesarea. And I, I think this is just an amazing story about the grace and the magnitude of how God works in people's lives. You know, this eunuch who didn't know the Lord, and the Lord had been working in his heart, cultivating this desire to reveal himself to this man. And then he has to find someone to send. Because the Lord is looking for someone he can send to preach his word. In season and out of season, someone who is willing, people who are willing to listen and hear his voice and move when he calls. And so the Lord gets Philip and this eunuch together so this eunuch can be saved. And then when, after this eunuch is saved, poof, the Lord takes up Philip and moves him to another location. And he immediately keeps preaching there too and just goes about preaching. Because you see, the thing about life is, it's funny, it's not always about ministries. It's not always always about, like, mass crusades or campaigns or missions trips. And, you know, we can do all those things. But the biggest part of ministry is what happens in your day-to-day life. The biggest part of ministry is the people you run into on a normal, everyday basis. And the ability to have the Word of God resting and dwelling inside of you having that river of living water springing up into everlasting life to water and to bring life to all those who it touches. Because it's not that you're supposed to bring a blessing. You're supposed to be the blessing. It's not just showing the answer. It's being the answer. Being able at any point in time to declare to someone who their Savior is, even if they don't know yet. And so we desire and we pray that the Lord will prepare us to continually be his vessels in this world, that we never miss an opportunity, we never miss a chance to preach the Lord Jesus Christ, that we never let someone go by without praying and believing for the Lord to touch them. Because another thing about the story is is that you never know, the Bible doesn't say, what happened to this eunuch once he got back home. We know he was on his way home, but we don't know what happened when he got there. I've heard accounts that there was a mass revival in, which they didn't call them revivals back then, they called them salvations, because not everybody was saved. And that a mass number of people in Africa got saved when he got back. But... The point is, it's always the one person 
that needs the Lord. And the Lord wanting to use you to touch that person. So our call-in number, 619-638-8458. If you need prayer, give us a call. Or you can always email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. Mommy, I hear the baby crying. Help me.
Oh, really? 